Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? What? That's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Hello and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church by the local church. My name is Josh Loftus, and here we are in this final installment of Reformation Month, Reformatory Reformation Month. I'm here with my ever stylish friend, <laughs> Jack Berry. Okay. <laughs> what's happening, baby? Hey, hey, hey. Tell me. Tell me what's going on. What's what's happening in your life? I saw, I will say, okay, I'm going to completely go Here down go. this little rabbit trail. Oh, I, no. saw, I saw this video. That's not like us at all. I oh, mean, that, that's not. completely <laughs> out of line for us. <laughs> I, saw, <laughs> I saw this video the other day where it said, uh, my wife trying to... Uh, <laughs> Or my girlfriend, it was like a it was like a small TikTok video. It's like my girlfriend tries to uh, <laughs> tries to show my dad the proper enunciation of certain words. And this girlfriend's like, chocolate. <laughs> and the dad's like super Italian. He's like, no, it's chocolate. <laughs> or he's like, she's like, hammer. And he's like, Come on, put some oomph in it. It's a hammer. It's a hammer. <laughs> and then he's like, and then she's like, ricotta. And she's like, what? What was that? She's like, like ricotta cheese. Yeah. She's like, yeah. he's like ricotta. The boyfriend's like ricotta cheese. It's it's ricotta. Okay. Ricotta. <laughs> oh man, dude, what are you doing on TikTok? Did you I, get a TikTok? I did not get a TikTok. You got I, TikTok. I did not Jack get a TikTok. Got TikTok. I saw a random. Actually, you know the the you, Instagram. You got TikTok. The Grams now have those little TikTok videos that you can post on them. So oh, I see. Okay. I see the reels, if you will. Uh huh. <laughs> anyway, I think Jack probably got TikTok. probably some of the funniest stuff I've seen. Regot. Regot. It's a hammer. It's a hammer. <laughs> That's legit, <laughs> dude. I love. There's, there's like, there's so many accents in America that yeah. I think would be so cool to have, <laughs> and honestly, at the top of the list for me is a Boston accent. If I could have a Boston <laughs> accent and just walk around like oh that, God. like, like feeling superior to everybody, that would be amazing. Wicked, being all wicked smart, and my whatnot. boy's wicked smart. <laughs> it's chowder, some of that chowder, dude. Oh, that would be man. awesome, dude. Oh man, 
You were like worn out from Reformation Month. It seems like no, I'm stronger. You're than stronger. Ever. You're stronger, stronger than now ever. in the force, <sighs> dude. <laughs> It's not force. It's force. <laughs> force. It's force. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, that's good stuff, dude. I uh, I've had a I've had a long day today. I had a lot of meetings. Yeah, I was meeting with a lot of people today, and then drove down. <laughs> dude, traffic down here today was moida. Moida. It was moida. Yeah. It was. It was really bad. Like, so I've got the Waze app. I don't know if you use Waze. But I'm, but I'm, you know. My wife's a Waze user. Yeah, so yes. yeah, yeah. And it links to her iWatch or her, her watch, her Apple Watch, her Apple Watch. Yeah. Excuse me, her iWatch, her Apple Watch, <laughs> her I'm, iWatch. I'm being a total like <laughs> boomer, boomer right now. Jeez. <laughs> her mechanical thing on her wrist, the computer um, <laughs> on your wrist, <laughs> the computer on your wrist. Um, so her Waze app, I think, uh, goes to her Apple Watch, and it like tells if you plug it into our our CarPlay, Apple CarPlay. Yeah. It'll actually say on her wrist, it'll it'll blink it'll act like a blinker when you're about to turn. So it'll go tink 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 tink. I feel like that freaked me out. Yeah. Like it's this little... thing on my wrist like like some alert going off. I feel like I get in a wreck. Welcome to living under the NSA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know all these people like scared of like oh the, the, the FBI is listening to you through your social media and they're selling your face. It's like yeah, that like, happened like, like 30 like years you're ago, You're typing people. this on an iPhone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's literally recording everything you say. You're, you're saying this while you hold an iPhone, have an iWatch, <laughs> your, 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 your smart TVs, yeah. like Alexa, like you're asking a literal spy for recipes for pancakes. <laughs> like, spy for a pancake. Like, like, what do you, like, come on, people. Like, <laughs> the only way to not be under surveillance at all is to go completely off the grid. You gotta go like I'm going full like shooter right level, now. dude. Dude, you have to go Mark like Wahlberg shooter level when he's out in that cabin, completely. Or, like, that. or like, <laughs> like 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 the um, Oscar Isaac and the Jeremy Renner born. Oh. oh yeah, you know where he's just like he's 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 one of those guys who's just in a cabin, just off on his like. That's the only way you can do it. If you don't want to be heard or under surveillance, like do your due diligence. And literally remove like you have to be Amish. That's what you have to do. Or a Vietnam vet. I or. Mean, <laughs> I Sorry, mean, Vietnam I mean, vets. I mean, I'm a vet, so I mean, I can kind of make you fun can of make you. Let's that be joke. Oh, okay, is that, can, is that the rule? I have that. That's the only. Hey, veteran card pulled right yeah, there. There you, you go. Pulled that card. <laughs> yeah, hundred uh, percent. In what situation? Like, see, here's the thing. You've got a very weird barometer of when you will pull that vet card. That's what I have found. Is when it comes that's to true. when it comes to like. If it comes to like getting some sort of some sort of bennies, yeah. you're gonna pull that card. Oh yeah. And whenever you want to be superior to me, you pull the card. I don't think I've ever. <laughs> wait, 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 when have I done this? I don't think I've done this to you as like as much as you think I've done this. I don't know. I feel oppressed, Jack. I feel. I feel like. I feel like you're oppressing me oh, right now. You and your your vet status. <laughs> you know what isn't oppressive? What's up? Confessions in the local church. Oh, <laughs> dude, no, they're not. No, we talked about that last week, man. Yeah, yeah not at all. Um, so yes, it is Reformation Month. Mm. It is the last, the last episode in our Reformation series, which is sad. A this single tear is rolling down Josh's cheek right now. Just, and just one, <laughs> just one. Um, so what we wanted to do today is to kind of bring it back to go full circle, if you will, to complete the yes. loop. And to talk about the Reformation and the local church, and specifically why we need a Reformation today yeah. in our 
Christian culture, if you will, right? In evangelicalism, right? In this culture that we live in, we are in need of a reformation. Just as they did back in 1517, we need it here in 2021. So we're going to talk about why we believe we need one. And then we're also going to dive into, I think, a little bit what that reformation would look like. Like what needs to happen in order for us to return back to, right? Reforming, going back to the core tenets of the truth that we believe in, right? So we're going to dive into that a little bit. So I'm going to throw it to you first, Jack, because yes, because I'm a good co-host <laughs> and you're a vet, so you get, <laughs> you get stat, you get you get stat. I get stabbed in the back by society all the time. So oh my gosh! <laughs> Jack's like, we need a reformation. Let me tell you why. <laughs> this has nothing to do with theology. Tax status. <laughs> Burn the VA. <laughs> oh my goodness! Joking, oh people. my goodness! <laughs> Don't get us in trouble. Okay, We've I'm, done not, so I'm not saying anything else. Don't, <laughs> don't get us in trouble here. Um, Jack, we need a reformation today in the church, mm-hmm. and it needs to be just like the one that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, why? Well, I think, so Josh and I have always talked about uh, the local church and how it's so important to live these things that we talk about week in and week out here at the reformatory. And so why we need it today more than ever is the encroachment um, and the kind of forgetfulness that we have here in the church in America, I would say, in the ways of remembering. I think, honestly, this could be a forefront to what happens maybe in our in our society as we see this kind of looming wave of um, deconstruction, I guess the religion of deconstruction, because I think deconstructionism... Deconstruction is a symptom of the deeper issues. Uh Yeah. So I think this wave of deconstructionism, I think hopefully will lead us into another Reformation era, to be quite honest. Um, Not saying I'm a prophet on that, but just trying to look at the culture and what happened within the Reformation era that we saw before us in which there was a chasm between official theology and the lay life. Now it has to go a little bit deeper into saying, how have we faulted? uh, How have we failed in basically giving the truths and the beauty of confessions and our faith and embodying that in the local church and really showing that. And so part of that really is to, um, I would say, welcome people with the message of the gospel um, in your local church. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of this book called The Gospel by Ray Ortland, where he talks about uh, biblical doctrine will lead to a biblical culture or gospel doctrine will lead to gospel culture. I think that is what the reformers were trying to do as well, too, in the Reformation, that the gospel doctrine will lead to gospel culture in which you saw a disconnect there. And so in the kind of pre-era before the Reformation. And so I would hope that what it looks like and why it's important is to bridge that gap and to show people that our faith is a historic one, that we're not saying anything new, that these are things that have been echoed Time tested, echoed, hallowed, uh, yeah. hallowed, echoed throughout um, the um, the church, 
And so I think that's why we need one really to revive and, you know, our, the reformers um, motto was really Semper Reformanda, which was always reforming. If we are not doing that, if we are not being on our toes, we will then lead into a lot of symptoms that happen to the Catholic Church, even though we don't look like the Catholic Church, like the North American evangelicalism, evangelicalism does not look like the Catholic Church of pre-Reformation era, but we can definitely get there, and we've seen the ugliness and the underbelly of it, especially in the structural issues that we talked about and also the moral issues that we talked about as well, too. So, Well, and it's important to understand that, e- that even though, like, we don't have in our culture today, like, the church selling indulgences and things like that, like, like we, we have the Bible in our own language, we're able to do that. Yeah. We don't have specifically s- the same issues that yeah. the, the Catholic Church had back in the 1500s, but the roots of the problems are still the same. Yeah. Right. There's no new theologies. There's those old heresies, right? There's nothing new under the sun. So the same underlying issues that plagued the time of the reformation plague today. Yeah. Right. And one of the reasons that I believe a reformation is needed today is because of when I look at the culture that we live in and I then look at how the church is responding and interacting with that culture, I see a lot of capitulation Mm. in our convictions to the word of God. And there is so much worldliness in the church today. Um, Now, I'm I'm not just this glasses half empty naysayer right i believe that the the word that that the church there's there's fantastic things happening in the church today yeah there's much to be joyful about jesus is still king he's still lord and his truth still goes goes forth no matter what is going on in our culture right again like we talked about uh four or five eps ago we're not these these theological alarmists that are saying like the gospel is under siege and it's yeah. under threat and it's going to be conquered right that's that's not what we're saying yeah but what we are saying is that it is important as christians and as the church that we understand what it truly means to have scripture as our authority right and we see so many things in evangelicalism today whether it be the prosperity gospel cool. or fundamentalism yeah. um a a a uh just almost an overwhelming sense of superiority and and uh, or or greed or um you know anger you know you know what whatever it is like all of the issues that plagued the church back in the days of the reformation still plague today yeah we still have people that are not seeing scripture as the authority we still have a culture where there is no such thing as as as, as truth <laughs> that I am the authority, right? Mm-hmm. We set ourselves up as pope, yeah, in so many aspects we of set, our lives, and we set leaders up as popes too. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and we are in a culture today where, I mean, it's like the end of Judges. Everyone's doing what is right in their own minds, mm. and in a lot of ways, that has crept into the church as well. Mm. where we have lost the understanding of what it truly means to live sola scriptura 
and to live sole deo gloria. Do we actually practically live out in our daily lives a lifestyle that reflects the truths of sola fide, sola gratia, solus Christus, right? Are we actually living in a way that shows we believe in these core truths of Christianity, right? So when you talk about a reformation in the church today, right, I think there's a lot that we can point to in evangelicalism that shows the great need for it. Yeah. Right. Um, and it is, I don't want to say primarily, but I do believe that just as the Reformation was, uh, you know, b- back in the day, one of the, one of the primary aspects of it is theological. Mm. We need to understand who yeah. God is and yeah. we need to understand the truths of scripture and we need to understand the gospel. Yeah, I think uh, a good kind of case study for this can be found in what some of our brothers and sisters are going through in the Southern Baptist Convention right now. Sure, yeah. Where you absolutely have a disconnect, it seems like, within their structural uh, formations of their denomination. Now, don't get us in trouble. I'm not. Don't get us in trouble I'm not. I'm being very vague. That is a minefield. (laughs) That's a minefield. But then you also have some other things as well too that come into play like their polity so how is their church set up how is it that their congregations uh wishes are then stated to the elders and the elders lead out of the congregation because as josh and i both are convicted your elders come from your congregation and lead your congregation that way yes so how is our how is the Southern Baptist Convention maybe leading that out? Maybe how do they need to reform and maybe they need to lead into Semper Reformanda in the ways that they need to do. Um, but this goes down to even other local churches as well too, in the ways and how elders lead and how the congregations are being led by the elders. We talked about that in absenteeism, uh, that time before the Reformation era, you have some pastors literally I think Josh and I have both experienced this, where they are up front on Sunday, but they are very absent when it comes to times of trial and times of really needing spiritual guidance and leadership. And so, yeah, those are some really things that come to mind in our modern day that I see a lot of. And so let's riff on that for a second. I think one of the practical ways the Reformation would play out in our in in today's uh, day and age, right? There has to be a reformation of church leadership. There yeah. has to be a reformation of the pulpit. Mm. We need to return to the correct understanding of what church leadership is. Yeah. What does it mean to be a pastor? What does it mean to be an elder? Right? Yeah. What does it mean to lead the church well? Right? Because I think we 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 see very clearly in our culture today the rise of celebrity pastors mm-hmm. and just like you were saying like the rise of viewing the pastorate as more of a ceo position where you set the goals and you cast the vision yeah. and then you're absent from the lives of your people right that's a very incorrect understanding yeah. of what it means to be a biblical leader within the church right so 
I think, and, and I'm personally very convicted that there go, you know, where goes the pulpit, there goes the church. Yeah, we need a reformation of the pulpit, mm. and that we need a returning to the centrality of Scripture in the pulpit. A that you're not there to promote yourself, you're not there to promote your brand, you're not yeah. there to promote your ego, you're not there to to be seen by everybody. You are there to lead your people in the worship of a holy God, yeah. and you do that through the proclamation of the Word of God. Mm. Right. So we need a reformation of leadership because I think everybody, I, I, I think, I think everybody at one time or another has experienced or has seen, whether personally or, or online or something like that, you know, whatever, have seen the effects of what happens when there is unbiblical leadership leading the church. Yeah. I know we've experienced that. Yeah. Right. And we have experienced very firsthand the 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 curse of having unbiblical leadership mm. and an unbiblical precedent set of what leadership looks like versus the great blessing that comes from having leaders that understand their role and understand what it truly means to lead the people of God. Yeah, absolutely, and and that goes into also how we worship on the Lord's Day. So. Um, this is something that we talked about previously on our last creeds and confessions uh, episode, but I think how that leads into is using that confession to lead your people in what it means to know who God is and how leaders are leading into that and how your congregation is responding in lieu. And so something that we have practiced in my local church is a call and response. The leader, uh, usually our worship pastor, his name's Ryan, Ryan will lead us in uh, a call and response sometimes, or even one of our other pastors as well, too, in which the pastor is saying these truths of who God is addended sometimes even out of a confession. So last Sunday it was addended out of question number 26, I think out of either the Heidelberg. He was talking primarily about, uh, I think, suffering and where is God at in all of this when that happens. So Ryan was leading us in a kind of leader response and our or leader kind of call to us, the congregation, and then we would respond back as well too. And so how are you taking the historic faith that is shown in these creeds and confessions, these catechisms, and living those out in your local church to help disciple your people well? and lead them in godliness, um, because that's what they need. And it's not just the pastor's job in doing that. It is also every person's job within that local church. We're talking about the priesthood of all believers in a local church. And so um, I think that is very important to what we talk about in that reformational idea, is that you're not just a cog in the wheel. You are not just this person who's part of this machine. You are an active communal member of the people of God that are in a local church um, that are benefiting from each other's fellowship and also their knowledge of who God is and that it's not just on a specific leader to lead people but it's everybody in community helping each other out to lead them and spur each other on to righteousness. So let's let's suss those two things out for the remainder of our time. We need a reformation in the pulpit, a reformation in leadership, right? A returning to what that means. We need a reformation in worship. Mm. 
what it means to worship God in our churches, right? We live in such a consumeristic society yeah. where, and, and that has crept into the church yep. to where we view Sunday morning as an experience, something to be, uh, in, in something that, 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 that feeds and stimulates our senses, right? Yeah. And we see that a lot in evangelicalism with yeah. the, the, the huge desire to, to attract individuals into the church through lights and through, you know, smoke and <laughs> programs, right? And, yeah. and all of these things that, that churches will do in order to gain an audience and to gain people to get rear ends and seats. Yeah. And what they don't understand is that what you win people with is what you win them to. Yep. And you're going to have to keep upping that bar in order to keep people in those seats. Otherwise, you become part of the past and you become boring, right? We live in a society where people are viewing <coughs> the Sunday morning experience, if you will, and I hate that term, but the viewing the Lord's Day yep. as what do I get out of it? Yeah. Do I like the preaching? Do I like the music? Do I like the programs they have? Do I like the aesthetic of the church? Do I like the brand that the church is? You know, they're more hipster or, or more traditional. Uh, like, oh, they've got a cool shiplap on the back. Like, you know, <laughs> things like that, right? They listen to the cool hip music. They listen to Lord, Lord, like, Lord forbid, Bethel and Hillsong, right? <laughs> we live in a evangelical culture where that is what the barometer is that people use to decide whether or not this church is for them. Yeah. Because we have an incorrect understanding of what it means to worship. And we have an incorrect understanding of what the Lord's day is. Mm. Right. So we need a reformation of worship. Yeah. It needs to become, so it needs to move away from the self gratifying consumerism. Yeah. And it needs to be reformed back to the understanding that we are here for a singular purpose to worship a holy God in the ways that he has commanded us to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that even goes back to a reformation of our identity of who we are. Uh, you know, this goes back to, I think some key things that we, we have taken on this identity of, we need to conquer everything around us sometimes versus, you know what? My identity uh, and this is just Jack speaking, but my identity is as an exile, an elect exile, as Peter says. I'll co-sign on that. Yep. An elect exile in a land that is never going to be uh, co-signing on. I mean, I don't, uh, it's going to take a, <laughs> I don't know what that's going to look like if it even happens, but like to, co to for America to co-sign on the 1689 confession, that's going to take some sort of, well, I don't think America don't, uh, will do it. I don't think America will do it at all. I don't think even a city will do it. Yeah. Well, and 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 it, because it's not a it's not a political document. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a spiritual one. It's a theological one. It's a scriptural one. Right. It transcends any country and it transcends any any political system. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think just the identity that you're rooted as an elect exile, if you're a believer in the fact that you want to see yourself in light of what scripture says i think there needs to be there needs to be a reformation in your identity your identity and how you view yourself in this current state of affairs we find ourselves in north america and then how you lead that out 
you know we talked about that in the five solas uh as well too as far as it comes to you know if we really truly believe soli deo gloria how are we going to live that out and that comes back to identity as well too and so i live that out primarily in the sense that i view myself as an exile um it's kind of like i talked about a book that i'm reading but um the author says that Babylon has kind of come everywhere because we are on this digital Babylon landscape <laughs> with social media. Yeah, sure. So um, not only in our culture does it feel like Babylon, but also in the digital media landscape as well, too, that we feel like we're so othered if we come out and say something that will get canceled or something along those lines or ostracized or whatnot. And so, yeah, I think there needs to be a reformation that happens in our identity as well, too, as believers so yeah which 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 leads into i think probably where we'll close is we need a reformation of what it means to be a church member yeah we need a reformation of what it means to commit and be invested in your local church yeah right and this is very closely linked to a reformation of worship which is also very closely linked to a reformation of the pulpit right because again they're all linked it needs to start at the pulpit and then it trickles down it flows like a waterfall through the rest of the church right we again because of the very consumeristic culture that we live in being a church member and what that looks like how we invest in the local church can often be very consumeristic and Mm -hmm. we've talked about this before yeah that we look at the church as something that primarily is there to benefit us yeah. Right. It's like, okay, what can I get out of this? What can I get out of the programs or what can I get out of the, the fellowship? What can I get out of the, 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 whatever the church has, has going on. Right. Instead of seeing ourselves as humble servants to the Lord and a part of the body that is meant to be used for the benefit of the rest of the body. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, Some are feet, some are hands, some are ears, some are eyes, right? Everyone has a part to play. If you're a Christian, you have a part to play in the local church context. And there needs to be a reformation and a changing of how we approach serving and investing in our local church. I'm very convicted of that. Yeah, I've seen local churches that have actually adopted that in the sense that they use that priesthood of, priesthood of all believers. How are you the mediator in your local, um, in your work? How are you mediating the Lord? Um, not in the sense that in a Roman Catholic sense of being a priest, but I'm saying like, how are you bringing um, people to a knowledge or an understanding of the faith that is a historic one? rooted in centuries upon centuries of worship and identity. Um, How are we doing that with that idea in mind of uh, Hebrews, of the priesthood of all believers, you know, looking to our great high priest Jesus. And so I think that's huge. I think that goes even back to Soli Deo Gloria in a sense. Um, Absolutely. So those are, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 we we are called to invest in our brothers and sisters in the local church. Mm -hmm. How can you be Jesus to your brothers and sisters this week, right? It, it, it requires a change in our thinking. It requires a change in our mentality that 
and we, I mean we we sign off with it almost every almost every week is the local church should be central in our lives, right? It shouldn't simply just be a compartment in our already compart- compartmentalized yep. lives. Everything else should focus around and filter through the local church, mm-hmm. right? And you have been placed there in that spot, whether you're in leadership or not, to show and live out your savior to your brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. by caring for them, investing in their lives, serving at church selflessly, selflessly, not selfishly, (laughs) selflessly. And sometimes that looks like preaching. Sometimes that looks like playing drums. Sometimes that looks like cleaning the toilets Mm -hmm. or making coffee or giving that person a call that has been on your heart, sending the email, scheduling the time to meet for coffee, whatever it is, the Lord has given you the charge as a Christian to invest in the lives of your brothers and sisters in your local church. And when we do that, the blessings that we then receive Mm -hmm. is incredible. And I'm not saying you do it for that with that as the motive, right? Because then you're being selfish. But it is a wonderful byproduct Uh of what happens when you are giving of yourself to your church. The blessing that comes from that for you and for your family is, is, it's incredible and it's worth it. Right. So we need a reformation of those things. So it starts with a pulpit. Like we need an understanding of what it means to be a true leader and the leaders need to show and model through their lives and through the preaching of God's word, what it means to worship, what it means to be a Christian. And then through that, we begin to gain an understanding of what it means to be a church member. How do we serve? How do we invest? Right. And I truly think that if a reformation is going to happen today, it needs to start there. It needs to start in the context of the local church because outside of that, uh, like that, I don't think there's any other context in which that could happen. Yeah. Like it has to be, it has to be the churches. It has to be the local churches. Right. And I'm not, again, like just my eschatology, like I'm not thinking that we're going to, you know, reverse the course that our country is on. Mm-hmm. Right. I truly believe that as we progress in this life, the culture that we live in is going to become more and more. Um, antagonistic toward the word of God. Yeah. I think we see that, which just necessitates the need for reformation all the more. The centrality of the word of God, living to God's glory and God's glory alone, a correct understanding of the gospel, a correct understanding of worship, a correct understanding of who we are and how we can deeper deeper invest in, in, our, in our local church. Yeah. And I think it can happen, man. Like... I'm not a pessimist when it comes to this. Like, I truly believe this can happen. We've seen it before and it can happen again. Mm -hmm. And I think it will require the, the small, simple things. Yeah. The small faithfulness in the little things that God's people do on a daily basis. I'll end with this note. My pastor gave me a good um, illustration of that. It's not so much about 
the meals that you've eaten before, but how they have benefited you in order to get to get to the place where you are at right now to strengthen you. Meaning that the more and more you meet with that local church, the more and more you're strengthened in that fellowship. It's not so much that you went there that time or that place, but those times that you invest add up. Times that you invest in your in your meal or your eating or your sustenance, those add up, you know? And so I think we would encourage you all <laughs> yeah. in that to that just meeting and fellowshipping, those will add up to your benefit, hopefully. And that's what hopefully will spur on to a reformation type kind of hopefully era for us. You know, we can only pray for that. But yeah, those things add up. Yeah. It starts with you. Yep. The person that is listening to this podcast. Yeah. It starts with you to make the local church central in your life to show Jesus to your brothers and sisters. That's where it has to start. I, I, I truly believe that. And through that, watch what the Lord can do through the faithfulness of his people. That's been the testament that, we, like, that's all of Scripture. That's all of the Reformation. It's God using broken, sinful, flawed people to do amazing things yeah. because they made his glory and the and the working toward it their main goal. And that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed. God's the same today as he was back in the 1500s. Yeah. And the faithfulness of his people is what he is going to use in order to bring that reformation. Yep. So Boom shakalaka. Reformation Big Eva month, has man. sung. Man. <laughs> Reformation Month, man. So good. I love it. I love it. I think you're just going to start saying that every time we sign Reformation Month, Jack. Josh is going to be riding this all the way Every month is Reformation Month. <laughs> it never ends. Every month. Yeah. No, that's true, man. Well, Jack, we have, uh, we have wined and dined. We have exhorted our friends. We have been encouraged. We have been convicted. Mm. Get us out of here. All right, folks, if you want to continue these conversations of Reformation Month <laughs> into November and up yes. until Advent and December, Josh, Josh and wants January it so much. and Josh, February, dude, Josh is going to keep saying that for the next like three or four months. Absolutely. Um, maybe even more than that. Um, you can you can follow us on the sociables, if you will, social our social media platforms. We are on the Facebook, which is probably don't gonna, you, I'm did, telling you, man, did, it's going to it's, it's going to black every, out doing this for a month. It's going to black like, out again. from the beginning from the beginning of October. Like that was such a do not trust amount of an event in Zuckerberg's and my goodness gracious. <laughs> Grams. <laughs> the Facebook you can catch us on the Facebook, uh, the instant gram, if you will, the cousin to it or the I don't know, the offshoot it's of like Facebook. the little brother. Yeah. It's like the church plant of Facebook. <laughs> it's just super trendy. Super like they it doesn't resemble the original church really at all. Like they're super trendy and super super hip. Minimalist. Dude. Super minimalist. Super super millennial is, is what they are. <laughs> yeah. It's like the millennial Shiplap A29 church plant. Oh That's what God. Instagram is. <laughs> so you can catch us there. You can also catch us I'm on, get the, trouble on, for the that. <laughs> on the tweaker where people are tweaking or could be tweaking out on the tweaker. They're always um, tweaking. Tweaker's going to tweak, man. You can find us all on those platforms at our tag at Reformatory Pod. Josh, tell the lovely people how they can support us even further, sir. Lovely, lovely people. Our friends, uh, you can support us on Patreon. First, uh, first, if you appreciate uh, what Jack and I do in our attempts to 
increase the centrality of the local church in the lives of believers, to encourage people, to spur people on toward that mentality, you can support us on Patreon uh, for a very, very small fee. Very small. Uh, you too can become a patron and have your name hallowed. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. Uh, we covet your prayers for the work that we're doing here. You can support us by leaving us a, a like and review. You can leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that. Uh, maybe give us a little uh, a little blurb on how you found the podcast or why you like Reformation Month. Five stars for five solos, Josh. Five stars for five solos, baby. I love it. That, I don't mind sticking. Okay, like, that will work. That that, that, that can carry over. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, that would be fantastic if you guys would not mind doing that for us. We thank you all. We are thankful for you all. And for your patronage, for your listening, for your support, and for your prayers. Happy Reformation Month, everybody. I hope it was awesome. I hope it's a great October. And as you go into this week, as we get to Reformation Month, or excuse me, Reformation Day coming up, hope it's an awesome one. Whatever you're doing, um, make sure to think back and thank the Lord for the courage of the men and women of the Reformation. Uh, thank the Lord for his faithfulness in showing yet again uh, his his incredible desire to use broken vessels like us mm. for his glory. Mm. Uh, that's one of the amazing things about Refor- the, the Reformation that should be at the forefront of all our minds. We thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on the next step of The Reformatory. Mm-hmm.